so um, I'm Steve Barkler. Um, I'm 28 years old and I'm a fitter at Oscar Hunt Taylors. Um, I've been doing this for about two and a half years now. Um, and yeah, lots more to come. Only two and a half years, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm fairly, it, it was a fairly easy transition for me into this. Um, even though I've only been doing it for two and a half years as a fitter, I guess my background has more been um, customer service retail as well as garment manufacturing and, and that type of side of things. So um, even though I've only been doing it for two and a half years, I definitely had that prior knowledge and experience that was a very easy transition across. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we'll kind of get more into that in a sec, but uh, what are you wearing today? Uh, so today I'm wearing a, um, a, a Dorme two-piece uh, Amadeus suit, which is a, a nice bold pinstripe. Um, it's one of my favorite suits. It's, uh, I guess I, I love a pinstripe. I love something that just stands out a little bit more uh, in the crowd. Um, it's a double-breasted uh, suit. Um, it's just, I guess, uh, one of those go-tos for me. I have this, this love of double-breasted suits, so um, it's one of my favorites in the collection. Uh, I'm wearing a pair of Crockett and Jones uh, tassel loafers. Um, Pantherella socks uh, and one of our own made-to-measure shirts as well. Um, I'm also wearing a pair of Albert Thurston braces. Uh, I, love, I love braces as well. I wear braces with all my suits. I wear a bit of a higher-waisted trouser, so um, it sort of keeps my trousers up without having to cinch them in and bring them in really nicely uh, and tightly with a belt. Um, so I, I sort of swap the belt out for the suspenders. It looks so. great. I love just even the, like, the, is it gold? Yeah, 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 it's just got a bit of a nice touch to And the tie, where's the tie from? Um, so this is actually a, a nice vintage tie that I picked up um, for $10 just in Surrey Hills. Um, it's an Italian-made pure silk uh, okay. tie. And I just, I was walking past the vintage store um, with one of my friends and I popped in and, and picked it up. It was, yeah, $10 and it was a great find. It just feels beautiful. Yeah. It's a very light um, canvas tie, so I, I really like that natural sort of flow. Yeah, right. Uh, and lets the silk sort of do its own thing. Um, yeah. do, you, do you go for patterns at all if you kind of go for a tie or is it, do you kind of stay back from that or kind of, yeah. how do you pick out a tie? I guess I, I, I sort of work a little bit more with earthy and warmer tones when right. I'm, I'm, um, I'm picking out sort of my ties and my accessories. So I guess with, with, with that, I, I sort of like to bring in a little bit more of a winter feel um, for a lot of my looks. Um, even during summer, it might be just more of a, a casual knit, but then incorporating still some earthier sort of tones into it. So um, I tend to go for more browns, burgundies, navies, uh, golds, those types of things that um, I guess just just for me, it, it resonates with my love of winter wear and things like that as well. So yeah. I try and transition that as far as possible into summer uh, as well. Difficult to do sometimes. Yeah, but <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, so what are kind of the ins and outs of what you do? The ins and outs. Yeah. I, I guess I guess the for me, it's really finding out what our clients need. So. Um, when, I, when I'm tailoring, it doesn't matter what, what I'm doing, whether it's picking a fabric, a design, a, a cut, a, a small detail, it's, it's all about what my client wants and what my client needs. So 
whether they can articulate that themselves, I've got to sometimes bring it out and, and help them realise that as well. So um, for me, it's uh, practicality is probably one of the biggest driver in what I do in all forms of my life as well. So um, whether it's suiting, whether it's my casual dress, whether it's uh, what I wear to and from work, weekends, that type of thing, everything is, is to do with how does this fit into my lifestyle and my life? And it's the same for my clients. So for a guy walking in and he, he needs a, a, work, uh, a work suit or you know, a wedding suit or a casual suit, there's, there's that need and there's that purpose in mind. And I've always got to come back to that. So, and sometimes people don't know it. They don't realize that. It's, it's helping them identify bits of their lifestyle and how that incorporates into how they dress. Do you find that there's... Um the clients tend to be kind of similar or do you kind of have extremes like different types of people that kind of um, like the more flamboyant kind of looks and the more kind of reserved looks do you yeah do so that? I mean there's there's definitely um, I don't like to treat every client the same so there is definitely differences in every client and how they like to dress and you'll have someone who, who steers away from solid colors and things like that and loves to be a little bit more flamboyant and right. And that client's a lot of fun because you get to play around with, you know, cuffed trousers or little uh, little design features and little subtleties that perhaps make them stand out in a crowd really nicely. Yeah. Um, and then there's that guy that I guess just wants to um, be a little bit more conservative, but how can we do that in a way that's um, going to make him look really sharp still and really... Um, create something quite unique for him as well. Um, and not look like another suit. Exactly, so, so I guess that everyone sort of wants to break out from that, um, especially for work guys wanting to break out from that, that prison cell that they see as a suit. <laughs> so trying to create something that's a bit more fun for them as well. And when they pop that suit on it, it, it can be a really great day for them because they feel more comfortable, they feel a lot more confident in what they're wearing. And, uh, it can really sort of shape and change their day as well. Awesome, very cool. Uh, I guess, what was your your, introdu your introduction to fashion when you were younger? How did that interest kind of come to you? Um, for me, it, it came at a very late stage. So I grew up in the country, so there wasn't a lot of fashion around, yeah. especially when it came to suiting, which is what I do now. I find it very funny because you wouldn't see a suit unless there was a wedding if you were lucky um, or a funeral. So they were the only two times when you'd really see a suit around town. So um, for me... Whereabouts in, uh, uh, or did you grow up? Uh, country Victoria. Country so Victoria. it was in a town called Colburn Adden, which is 120 people. It's literally oh, a blink and you miss it type of town. So yeah. uh, it was a very interesting upbringing. But um, I guess I, I sort of got more interested in the fashion when I started um, going out a bit more, so 18, 19, 20. Yeah. Uh, I was living in Perth, uh, which isn't, at that time, definitely wasn't the hub of fashion, um, and sort of started to get into more brands and things like that, and that's where it kind of started. Um, and then I started to research what brands were about and what, how they came to be and what they sort of stood for yeah. um, on a more in-depth level. Uh, and that's, that's where I started to really, I guess, take notice of fashion and how people were dressing. Because it's always something that you do, but you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. You fit in somewhere, but you don't know why, why you're wearing 
a particular style. It's because you've seen it somewhere or whatever. So um, that brought me back to Melbourne. Um, From Perth. So why, why, why did you go to Perth initially? Oh, okay. So that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny one. So I went over to Perth um, to, to break out, find out a bit more about myself and to become a lot more independent. Um, so I guess for me, it was a big learning curve of, of living uh, and working to live and um, I guess creating myself or re recreating myself from where I came from. Right. So and didn't know the anyone country. in Perth at all? No, no. Oh. So Perth was an interesting journey. It sort of was, um, it was rough to start off with, but um, yeah, I, I got a lot of experiences with work and, and did a lot of things that you wouldn't think I'd be doing. Like I, I, I was a grease monkey for, for yeah. years there. So uh, I did the hard work. My hands were definitely sort of, um, have felt the, you know, the, the hard work. So, um, yeah, that was really interesting. Like, I just look back on it now and it's, I wouldn't be who I am now if I hadn't have done that. Absolutely. It, it was a bit of a journey for me, so. Um, Those little experiences that kind of make you who you are as you grow up and as you yeah. grow and you continue to grow. It's like, you need those little experiences. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I found out a lot about who I am and what I also wanted to do because I found out that that isn't where I wanted to be and and what I was doing there definitely wasn't my career it wasn't what I loved doing I, I didn't really recognize my passion until maybe six months before I left oh, awesome. yeah and when what was that discovery kind of like I think that was, that discovery was um, it was it was fun because I couldn't I felt like I still sort of didn't relate to um, anyone on a fashion sense and on a, I guess, on a different level of who I was and how I dressed. So I felt really restrained by what was happening in Perth at that time, which it was sort of the, the GFC. So, you know, miners were coming back into town and there was just this real depression mm. around town and nothing was creative and fun at that stage. Um, so I just... I felt like I was restrained by that and I needed to be somewhere where there was a lot more creativity um, and people just branching out and playing with things a bit more, playing with colours, playing with styles, playing with um, textures and, and fabrics and things like that. And that, yeah, right. that definitely wasn't Perth, so. Um, Melbourne made sense for that. Dragged me back to Melbourne, yeah. yeah. Dragged me back to Victoria. Um, was that so difficult yeah. to do, to kind of leave somewhere that you kind of were trying to put roots down, but then... I guess it just yeah I guess I guess Perth to me was always going to be a temporary thing it wasn't somewhere where that I, I could see myself putting roots down so for me it served a purpose and that was that that discovery right. and that um, that independence and, and creating myself but um, it definitely wasn't somewhere where I could see um, myself living for a long period of time so it was only a, a time period of you know two three years that I was there um, just during my younger years um, so yeah that was yeah I knew it wasn't going to be all and end all it was it was a stepping stone for me to get to where I wanted to be awesome smart. Yeah. And then yeah. kind of you got to Melbourne and how did tailoring come into the picture um 
It was always in the background, so... Or was that kind of fashion, like, working yeah. in retail kind of Yeah, thing? so working in retail was, was kind of the first step for me. So being someone who didn't have any um, prior experience or training in any retail or fashion mm. type of field, it was very much a, how do I get my foot in into this industry? And, and that, that was probably the most difficult thing to do. So for me, it was being very... Uh, aggressive and extroverted and getting around and talking to people and and talking to owners of, of stores and talking to people who worked in the industry um, and creating conversations around um, fashion and, and what was happening in Melbourne um, and, and where there was sort of jobs going. So yeah. basically I got talking to some people in a store called Nobody Jeans in Melbourne and um, knowing that they were a local brand as well. So that was my first experience with retail. That was where I first started. So Good experience because it's somebody that's kind of doing something a little bit different in yeah. that realm, I guess. Or was it kind of, how did you look at it? To, to me, um, working for them sort of really... Um, it was something that I believed in. So I believe in things that are made well and yeah. things that have a story behind them. And nobody presented that store, nobody jeans presented that story to me. So they, it was um, something that was locally made yeah. and something that I could have a high level of exposure to. So it was the perfect um, starting point for me into retail because I could see behind the scenes, how does a garment um, get created? How does it go from an idea in someone's head yeah. or, or, or a look in someone's head and how does it go through all those different stages till it hits the, I guess, the retail floor and then it communicates with a clientele and that, that yeah, story right. gets translated all the way through that process. So um, obviously the different stages of it being technical as well as creative, I started to get a bit of an insight into those different elements. Like what you saw in the end, like kind of you, the process of being made is kind of you want to get to that yeah. kind of field. Yeah, definitely. So um, not only was I dealing with, I guess, the people on the, the floor and, and the retail side of things, I started to get a look into, um, I guess, the fitting of garments as well. So they did all the fittings in the same places where I was working. So yeah. I got to see wash development. I got to see, um, I guess, models come in get fitted in garments and then they would manipulate um, bits and pieces and I didn't really understand what they were doing at that stage but I'd always like to watch and just take as much in as possible uh, into that and um, it started to become a little bit of input from myself as well because I was working so closely with our client which is of course where everything ends up mm. I started to translate their needs across to the beginning process, uh, be the beginning of the process as well. Yeah, um, which was it was exciting for me. That was, I guess, a really exciting point because I, I started to think that I didn't want to be on the retail floor necessarily. I wanted to be in the construction and the yeah. the creation stage of a garment. So, did you ever think about actually going more into fashion design rather than tailoring or do you see that there is no difference between the two? 
I, I did sort of think that, um, so tailor, tailoring at this stage, I guess, wasn't in the front of my mind. Mm. Um, I, I didn't really know uh, that tailoring was a thing for, for younger guys. Um, I thought it was an older generation thing. Like I always saw it as, as you know, the old Italian guy or the, you know, the old English guy sitting away and, and sewing garments and, and you know, I, I didn't think that was me at that stage. Um, so definitely I, I was thinking more in, in line with garment creation and fashion design at that stage. Um, little did I know that they actually come hand in hand yeah. when it does come to tailoring to a certain degree that um, what I do now is a perfect blend of, of both worlds in that it's, it's the retail side and it's the talking to the clients, it's creating patterns and, and um, I guess suiting their need then on a design front as well and being able to create a wardrobe for them to be able to bring in colours and bring in um, different designs and accessories and things like that. So really, really sort of putting all those together. Yeah. yeah. How did you end up getting your kind of break into tailoring? Was it with Oscar Hunt or was it with someone else or? So it was with Oscar Hunt. Um, so I got my break into tailoring when um, Jared, who is from A Poor Man's Millions, I've actually known him for um, long before I got into tailoring. And Jared uh, had approached me and asked if I was looking for work. And um, at that stage, I'd just finished working for um, a shirt manufacturer in Melbourne. Um, and tailoring just, it was something that I'd got a lot more exposure to before then, but um, it was something that I really wanted to get into. And I, I thought this could be interesting. This could be, this could be what I'm looking for because it, it was that nice blend of, of all the skills that I'd created. Um, as well as then being able to push them into new areas that I, I, I was a little bit, uh, I guess I didn't know what I was getting myself into, yeah, right. but I, I, I now sort of know that this, this was my passion all along, that this is sort of where everything yeah. was heading to for me in yeah. a very, very strange way. Like, yeah, it, it was a, it was an easy transition um, for me, but yeah, that was that was my first exposure into tailoring with the Oscar Hunt uh, Oscar Hunt guys at a at a very early stage of the business. So, and what was that kind of what kind of job was that? Just kind of coming in so fresh and kind of new to it. Were you yeah. scared with that? What did, what was your kind of role in that? So, I, I guess my role um, initially started off being as the the second fitter. Um, at Oscar Hunt, so that's a stage where we complete the garment, so taking it um, after it's been constructed to finishing off all the minor touches and, and things that really shape it to the client's body. Mm. Um, so that was what I'd initially come into Oscar Hunt to do. Um, I then sort of tried to push my skills as far as possible doing that um, and learning more and more alongside our head tailors uh, as a fitter. Mm. So um, absorbing and learning as much about suiting as possible because I knew that unless I knew the ins and outs of suiting that I couldn't be the best at what I did. Right. 
so I just wanted to push that as far as it could go and see how far I could get with that. And um, I guess that's kind of landed me where I am now. So going from a second fitter to head fitter in Melbourne and then um, I guess head fitter across Oscar Hunt in general and being the, the Sydney manager now. So. Amazing. Yeah. It's been two two and a half years. That's yeah, an incredible yeah, it's, it's, kind of jump. I guess I guess when I I set my sights on something, I really just strive for it. Like I I do whatever it takes to get to where I want to be within that. So I, I learn as much as possible and if I've got a spare moment I'll research about it. If I've got if I've got time I'll I'll sit up with the tailors and ask them what they're doing and, yeah. and see them pulling apart garments and reconstructing them and and just like I did from the very start when my first experience with retail is is just always trying to see more and do more and discover more about what I'm doing. Do you ever have times of doubt or did you have times of doubt of like, I don't know what I'm doing type thing or is it, do you just kind of throw yourself in it and kind of take it all in? And, yeah, you know. I, I guess um, I wouldn't say times of doubt. Like, there's definitely been tough points where I felt like um, sometimes that I was in over my head, that I was um, doing something beyond my knowledge. But I guess just you've always got to look back to, for me, it was always just looking back to everything that I'd learned over the years mm. and thinking about. How do how how do I apply that to what I'm doing right now? And and perhaps it's something that I've seen before, and and you you draw on that to get you through yeah. um, to where I wanted to be. So if it was if it was something that had walked in the room that I'd never seen before, and it really um, threw me off, I'd I'd sort of seek out that extra knowledge that I needed to to overcome that. So yeah, it excites I, I, you, but then yeah, it is. I mean. I don't like the, the thought that I've finished learning. Yeah. That really scares me more than anything. I think that being in a situation where you're seeing something that you've never seen before, before is a more comfortable position for me than seeing stuff that I've always seen. Yeah. So I always want to keep learning and I, I don't believe I'll ever finish learning what I'm doing. I think that it's such a complex... Um, career that I think that I'll always learn something new and always see something I've never seen before and that excites me. Mm -hmm. It really drives me to keep doing it. Um, I don't think you ever want to know everything either. It gets boring if you do. It's like yeah. you just kind of want to get as many people surrounding you that you can kind of pick up new things and yeah. meet new people and that's what yeah. life is in the end, isn't it? So No, definitely. So uh, yeah, I, I guess just there's always other people in the industry that I'm trying to sort of get in contact with and learn from and, and, and have conversations about what we do um, because it is definitely one of those industries where, um, yeah, every, everyone sort of is, is driving to create the same thing and that's, that's the best fitting garments for our clients that we can and, yeah. and we share knowledge and things like that and some people definitely keep it close to their chest because it's, it's very much, um, it's personal learnings as well. Like you're always creating your own little touches and things like that that 
um, are different to everyone else. So everyone has their, their footprint on every garment that comes out to a certain degree. Right. Um, and that's something that I like about it as well, um, is that, that everyone that I make a suit for has the history of, of what I've learnt in my travels to yeah. get to where I am now. Yeah. Um, and that's always evolving as well. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Definitely. That's wonderful, awesome. Uh, working in fashion, do you kind of ever feel a pressure to dress the certain way, especially being a tailor? Do you feel like there is an expectation of you to kind of dress the way that you do, or is it just something that comes naturally for you that that's the way you kind of want to dress? Yeah, I think, um, I think at the start there was definitely an expectation to, to dress a certain way. Um, I sort of threw in to the way I, I dress in, in tailoring, I, I threw in a lot of my, um, my passions with, with how I dress casually as well. So um, looking towards sort of more vintage looks and styles. Um, yeah, you've, you've definitely got to always look good, <laughs> I guess, to a certain degree. Like you've got to, you've got to present well and, you've, and there is that expectation of the client when they walk in the door that they're going to be presented with someone who is, I guess, someone who can lead them in the right direction for fashion and things yeah. like that. And if you're, if you're faced with someone who isn't dressed very well, then that can sometimes put doubt in their mind as well. So... There is that expectation, but everyone's their own character and everyone's their own person, and I don't think you can force that. I think yeah. that's something that has to come naturally um, and organically into your look. So I definitely, I definitely feel comfortable in how I dress um, when I'm wearing a suit because it reflects a lot of who I am as a person as well and how I, how I see fashion outside of my career and my work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely pressures there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Is there a, an item in your wardrobe that you kind of, maybe that you first bought that really got you excited about kind of fashion and kind of clothes? Is there something that you still have maybe that is almost like a keepsake? Um, I do. So I've got a, a I, I guess a vintage um, Levi's jacket that's, that's an original, um, yeah, it's quite an old garment and, and it's something that I've actually never really worn. I've worn it maybe yeah. a couple of times <laughs> and it just sits in my wardrobe and um, I got it because it, it, it just stood for um, how things can have such longevity and such relevance through the years that you're not always creating things for now that you're creating things for um you know decades for every, everything is derived and everything comes from something and and to me that item of clothing stands for where where my personal fashion and my personal style has come from as such a practical garment then it's it's been brought into to this fashion world that that yeah, it's just something that holds, it holds pretty much everything that I stand for from yeah. a fashion point of view. So it sounds really funny that this one garment, this one jacket can have yeah, that, amazing, have that, it? but it's, it's a, uh, it's a cut and it's a style that will always be relevant 
and to me that's what I'm trying to create in how I dress, right. how I see fashion, how I tailor suits, how I um, just my lifestyle I guess. It's, it's trying to have a relevance not only in the moment but for years to come as well. Um, and a great piece of inspiration. That's for sure. Yeah. Cool yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess my fashion sense is has a lot more heritage uh, behind it. So I'm always looking to the past rather than the future, which I think is a different way of looking at fashion. People yeah. are always trying to innovate and create. For me, it's it's sourcing inspiration from um, from things that are always there. So it, it has a different meaning to me, yeah. I guess. And saying that, what do you kind of see for yourself in the future? How do you think, kind of see your career kind of going? Um, I guess with, with my career of, of tailoring, tailoring, I guess I see myself just always improving and always being, um, being alongside my clients, mm. um, always dealing with them. I can never see myself just sort of lurking in the background and and pulling myself away from that. I've always been brought up to the front where I'm one-on-one, face-to-face with my clients and I think yeah. I'll always stay in that, that area. Um, yeah, I, I, it's exciting to think about, I guess, the, the next 5, 10, 15 years in my, my career because I really don't know where it's going to go. I'm yeah. sort of taking year by year and month by month at the moment. Um, Think it involves travel at all? You kind of leaving Australia or do you like the idea of staying? Yeah, I'd like to leave. I think heading back to the UK, well, heading back, going to the UK would be great for me. I'd, I'd love to go there and learn more because I think that especially being an area where tailoring is such a, a pinnacle over there, like it's, it's such a massive thing that um, I would like to go over there and learn from people who have been doing it for generations and learned from you know their fathers and their grandfathers and things like that. So um, le- learning off them would be a great experience. Um, I, I think that's sort of the, the next big step in my career is to learn from people who have been doing it for, for a long time. So Amazing. yeah. Um, is there a piece of advice that you've been given, kind of whether it has to do with fashion or life or anything, that kind of has stuck with you? My father gave me some advice when I was um, when I was really young, and that was to to not think that you you don't matter in this world, that you don't have to be someone of a high status or of a you know, someone that we always see in the media is a high importance to make a difference in the world. So you can be anybody and everything that you do in life takes other people on their own journey as well. So um, it doesn't matter who you are, you can have an impact, I guess, in the world on a, on a small to a great scale to, to, any, to any degree that you have an impact. So yeah, that was probably the probably the thing that stuck with me the most that someone has said to me is that yeah that I do have a place in the world and that you do matter no matter what you're doing yeah so yeah I think that was it 